Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Mom. <sighs> I'm not allowed in uh, the house at the moment, so I went on the, a nice walk around for the last couple of hours. A mate of mine once told me that if you're a bit down in the dumps, you know, you should make a list of six things that you are grateful for. So I, I, had a, I had a good thing, like, and I, I came up with some. Number one, I, I'm very grateful that glass is see-through, um, a see-through <laughs> material, you know, so that I can have a good old stare out of the window when I'm uh, alone in my room. Which, to be honest, like, you know, it's most of the time. Two, I'm very grateful to the staff of Bohemian Rhapsody that make the best chicken wraps in town. It's super crunchy and the chicken is a lumpy and lumpy lumpy lumpo. Number three, I am very grateful to be married to my gorgeous wife. She is the love of my life and I consider myself very lucky to be with her. Four, I have Lots of precious memories, you know, from my time as a footballer. They do fade as time passes, you know. Most of my days seem uh, to be the same now, and I, I don't really see any of the old mates anymore, you know. <laughs> Five, as winter approaches, I am very grateful to be the owner of superb thick padded double zip reversible puffer 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 jacket you know whenever I wear it I remember how safe I used to feel you know when my mum would give me a cuddle <laughs> number six well, I couldn't think of a six one like so Yeah, so I'm writing the bad books with the wife at the moment, you know, this morning. We went to the garden centre, the garden centre, because she wanted to buy a jigsaw and some old-fashioned sweets, like, you know. I pushed her round in one of them, like, wheelchairs, you know, with a shopping basket, yeah, to get round in. So we're going at quite a lick, you know, down the pesticide aisle, when she shouts out all of a sudden, Stop that trolley, you slack fucking dial! <laughs> well, why, love, uh, why have you seen? Say that stuff there, buy or kill. Says it gets rid of all pests, stone fucking dead. I should get a bottle and spray it all over you. 
Yeah, it's very funny, love. I'm not fucking joking. You're the most, <laughs> you're the most unpleasant, creepy fucking crawly I've ever laid me fucking boss eyes on. What did he stop for anyway? Come on, where are the fucking jigsaws? <laughs> uh, we keep on going and we bump into an assistant. Uh, it's a bloke in his 40s, well built like uh, he has a boss eye. Uh, hello there, nice assistant man. We are looking for the fucking jigsaws. Would you be able to assist? No, uh, the fella says, uh, do, 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 yes, of course, madam. I should uh, uh, do his voice, really. He said, do, do, oh, yes, of course, madam. Oh, I noticed that, like me, you have a boss eye. I find it very fucking attractive in a man. Are you happy with it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm used to it now. It doesn't really bother me like you. Maybe we should get together over the stout one night and chat about everything boss eye related. Uh, yeah, baby. Uh, oh, hello, Peter. I used to watch you play when I was young. Could I have a selfie? No, you fucking can't, you useless boss eyed cock. Fuck off back to the aquatic section. You'll fit in better there, like. Anyway, oh, we find the jigsaw section. Does any of them catch your eye, love? As I said. Not really. Shitty selection. Why did we fucking come here? Uh, ooh. Uh, ooh. Well, I think it was you who suggested it, my darling. Don't fucking darling me, you spooky midnight creeper. I'll lump you so fucking hard, your shoulder will dislocate mid-fucking there. Oh, sorry, love. Ooh. What about this one? Well, about this one of a coastal train station in the summer sunshine. Fuck off. Who do you think I am, Michael fucking Partillo? Well, all oh, right. What about this one? A lovely thatched cottage with pretty flowers in the front garden. Ah, oh, again, take a fuck off notice. <laughs> Who do you think I am, Monday fucking John? Take me to the old-fashioned suites. So I wheeled around to the suites. So, which ones take your fancy, love? The Everton mints, the cough candy, banana and custard, the aniseed balls? Oh, fuck, will you fucking shut up, will you? I can hardly think, just let me fucking choose. Well, as she is staring at the sweets, I see her nose begin to twitch and sweat beads appear on her forehead. Peter? Peter, I smell fucking eggs. Fried, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know they had a cafe in here. Oh, that was going to be my little surprise. Surprise? Don't fuck about with egg appointments, you fucking clown. The shock of an unexpected egg could turn my man towards the fucking curved. Get me to that calf now and order me four fucking fried. Uh, yes, love. And tell them to make sure the yellows are very fucking runny and the white nice and rubbery like a fucking hot order eater. So, just as we get the calf area... The manager of the garden centre approaches us with the boss-eyed bloke in tow. Excuse me, I'm the excellent manager of this facility, and I'm afraid I must ask you to leave. All right, mate, no problem. Hold your fucking horses, Joe. I'm in the middle of an egg frenzy. I'm going nowhere. Why are you throwing us out, like? Because you directed a personal insult to my employer, Ralph Toddinmouth. 
If you don't leave immediately, I will call security. What fucking insult? <coughs> Ralph chips in. <laughs> you called me bothered, cook. No, I fucking never. That was this foul-mouthed fucking clown threw him out and let me get me gob round some fucking fried eggs. Uh, uh, sorry, love, but I never said a word. It was definitely you. You fucking droopy-ass snitch. You fucking helmet-haired weasel. Get me fucking out of here. And as for this facility, I hope it gets sold to Mike fucking Ashley for a pittance and turned into a fucking scratch-card sweatshop. So we left Sharpish, and she hadn't spoken to me since, like, you know, never mind. Me window's still see-through, and... The leaves are starting to fall off the magnolia tree, which is a pretty good watch. Oh, b- before I go, i got a couple of jokes here from the old joke book, but I know you like to hear them. I just uh, interviewed a bloke for a job. Can you perform under pressure, I asked. No, he replied, but I do a great bohemian rhapsody. <laughs> My son got the part in a school play as a chap who's been married 25 years. I said, never mind, son, you might get a speaking part next time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know I'm not allowed to do them. I saw this daft lad talking into an envelope. I said, what are you doing, daft lad? What are you thinking? He said, I'm sending a voicemail, you nosy bastard. There you go. So... See you, Bob. One Peter Beardsley. And only one Peter Beardsley. See you, Bob. Saw that Peter there. Yeah, eventful. So, um, Holmes and the Hammer was on this week. (laughs) Oh, right, okay. Uh, On the radio. (laughs) Did you record it? Yeah, of course I recorded it. MP3, Bob. Um, this one's recorded. Is there anything else but Wav and MP3? There's M4As and uh, there's this FLAC files, but they're like really, really big. All Bigger right. than a Wav. Okay, well, or it's... better quality. It's a Wav. It's a Wav. It's a Wav, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I taped it. So uh, it's, you know, it's Martin from Holmes Under the Hammer. Yeah. And he goes to visit famous footballers' houses. Right. Um, this week you went to Peter Beardsley's house. Oh, nice. So... <laughs> uh, oh, uh, hello, Martin. From arms and the, uh, the hammer, do come in, and I must say it is very nice to see you. Uh, would you like a, a nice boiled egg? Hello, Peter. What? How does this foot pin? Hello. What an unusual initial gambit that was. A bit different, if you don't mind me saying. But I like it. Yes, I will have a boiled egg. It sounds scrummy. Are you talking to your miserable dial? It's Martin from Horns Under the Hammer. Sorry, so that was... Uh, no, it's Martin from <laughs> Horns Under the Hammer. Don't be fucking daft, you deluded spoke. Hello, love, it's me, Martin from Horns Under the Hammer. Come and have a look. I've come to have a look at you, wonderful home. Oh... Hello, Martin. Has the spooky baby offered you a poachie by way of a welcome? I assure you, he will make the yellow very fucking lovely. <laughs> Hello. 
Well, yeah. Well, he offered me a boiled egg, actually. How fucking typical of that fucking lazy prick. He should know by now that a boiler is inappropriate at this time of day. Would you like to change to a nice fucking bochy? Uh, I don't mind. I'm easy. Yes, me too. <laughs> Fetch Martin a couple of foreign porties, pancakes, and do not fuck about. So, this is the hallway, I see. It's adorned with pictures of Peter's career on one side and images of what can only be described as egg dishes on the other. That's very unusual, but I like it. 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 Like it. Here we go. Putting all over the world. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, ha, ha. Oh, Martin, you are fucking funny. And a real man, unlike my fucking useless husband, Yes, the frame pictures of the egg dishes are some of my personal favourites. Egg and chips, potato omelette, open top egg and cress sandwich, egg spaghetti and egg for and for you. I wouldn't look at pictures of pizza if I were you. They might turn your fucking stomach. Come through into the lounge. My, oh, what an unusual room. I'll describe it to the listeners. It's got a very large TV, currently showing police interceptors, and facing that is a sage green sofa. There's a coffee table in front of the sofa and a brown carpet, and to be honest, that's about it. Yes, this is my princess's viewing room, and the sofa is my throne. <laughs> Occasionally, Peter is allowed in to deliver me eggs, or have a quick scrut around on me fronties. <laughs> Forgive me for saying, but the sofa is absolutely filthy. Yes, it's largely egg spillage and other seepage. It hardens over time and it's nice to pick at during, for example, a tense interrogation scene in Cops Court on Fulton Canyon. <laughs> a bit unusual for a TV snack, very different. But do you know what? I like it. Tell me about the stains on the carpet in front of this sofa. Almost look like blood, like a crime scene. Oh, no. The only yet a crime committed in my house is my husband's awful fucking jokes. It's not blood, it's just leg ketchup that leaks from my swollen leg. It's quite crunchy when it dries, which is nice, you know, when you've got an itchy fucking foot. <laughs> Shall we go into the kitchen and see how Peter's getting on? <laughs> if we fucking must. Hello, <laughs> Martin from Holmes and the Hammerhead, love. So, describe the kitchen to our listeners, Peter. There's a good lad. Uh, right, well, it's got uh, brown wood cabinets and a lovely window over the sink where you can stare out. Sometimes I see maybe three or four flies. In an hour, sometimes I see a daddy long legs looking at me like I'm just saying like an advert, you know. But either way, it's quite a spectacle. Uh, oh, your porches are nearly done. How do you like them, Martin? Oh, nice firm yolk for me, please. And lots of salt and pepper to help with me hangover. Firm yolks? Firm fucking yolks? Has your mind turned fucking quite chaotic? That's how I like them. There's nothing unusual about that, is there? 
Oh, mm, uh, I'm afraid in this house, Martin, it's our way or the highway. And our ways. Very fucking runny! How dare you insult the Princess Carol! Get out of here before I lamp you so fucking hard! Your knackers will deflate and you'll wake up in Ada Provence covered in bear shit! <laughs> oh, message received loud and clear! I must say that's a very unusual threat! A bit different, but I like it, so thank you both and good luck! You're a good lad, Peter. Now, throw those porches in the next to your door's fucking garden. I can see if they have took a turn towards the firm. <laughs> okay, love. And that was the, oh. the, 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 end, the end of it. The end of it. End of the wav. Oh, I've had a Christmas message from Peter. Have you? All right, Bob. Well, Christmas is upon us, and despite all the uh, festive cheer, I do find myself a bit down in the dumps. Um, in my spare room at the moment, uh, where I've hidden my wife's present under the bed, I don't think she'll like it, you know, but you never know. We haven't got anyone coming round for Christmas Day, you know. The wife's sister, Karen, usually comes, but not now after uh, what happened last year, like, you know. Might as well tell you about it. I've got nothing better to do. I've cleaned my shoes. I put some fat balls out for the Christmas birds. Chirp, chirp, chirp. I polished my bedroom mirror um, I've read the Christmas card from uh, Son again uh, didn't actually mention me like anyway so last Christmas Eve we had Karen <laughs> and her husband Mike Cowens <laughs> round for Christmas drinks now uh my wife, like, has always fancied Mike Cowens. He's a home security advisor for one of the big insurance companies, you know. Before they arrived, I was in the kitchen making a jug of eggnog when their wife walked in. She's wearing a tight black and white dress with one of them, like, tip windows in the front, you know, what like puts the fronties right in your face you know it's all for Mike Cowan's benefit you know I'm not daft what are you doing clowning around in my fucking kitchen you creepy dial uh, I'm just not uh, knocking up the uh, nog love for uh, Karen and Mike Cowan's <laughs> well make sure there's plenty of rub in it I want Mike a bit tipsy and Karen three sheets to the fucking wind. Yeah, I, I will do, love. And uh, can I, I just say how pretty you look in that dress? Keep your dirty little eyes off me. If you attempt to clamber on me whilst Mike is here, I'll lamp you so hard you'll wake up on the Avignon de Marseille's Express <laughs> with a mug tree up your shit pipe. 
Ah, uh, yes, yeah, I understand, love. W- would you like me to float some boiled eggs in the nog jug? Yes, I would. I fucking would. Now fucking get upstairs and change into your Santa outfit so you can give Mike his presents when he arrives. <laughs> so I'll uh, finish the nog and put on me Santa outfit just as I'm coming um, downstairs. The doorbell rings. Uh, it's my cowman's and Karen. <laughs> Answer the fucking door, <coughs> pasty fucking face. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome. Happy Christmas, Karen and Mike Cowens. <laughs> Hi, Karen. Hello, Mike Cowens. Ah, oh, here he is, little Peter, the bellboy. What do you look like? I'll tell you what, you look like a chump. A Christmas imbecile. <laughs> I'm bloody joking, Peter. You look terrific. Uh, thank you, Mike Cowens. Eggnog <laughs> will be served in the wife's TV room. If you would like to make your way through into that room, that would ensure you are in the correct room for the eggnog ceremony. So, uh, Mike Cowens and Karen <coughs> go into the room, uh, and there's is the wife, and she's on the rug holding a big sprig of mistletoe over her head. Hello, Mike. How lovely to see you, and happy fucking Christmas to you. <coughs> now come on and give a girl a Christmas treat. You didn't have to ask, sweetheart. I'm <coughs> coming in sharp like a pistol of lemon piss. <laughs> so uh, Mike Cowens steps under the mistletoe and starts like, you know, eating away at the wife's face. Karen looks at me, you know, with a resigned look on her face, you know. Oh, wow. And might I add fucking wallop. Your husband is some kisser, Karen. What a lucky fucking lass you are. Right, Mike, sit down here on the sofa with me whilst daft lad hands out some fucking presents. Uh, this is for you, Karen. And she opened up. It's a, a bottle of crabby seafood body masters. <laughs> it's a bottle of crabby's seafood body moisturizer. Thank you very much, Peter. That's very kind. Kind? Kind of fucking creepy, if you ask me. Uh, and this is for you, Mike Cowens. He opens it up. It's, uh, I got him a, like a cravat, you know, with quirky shapes on it. What the fuck is it? A fucking <laughs> posh duster? No, it's a cravat to tie around your neck, Mike Cowens. I thought you might like the quirky shapes, you know. Some of them look a bit like a chicken wrap. And that is certainly a wow with a bonus wallop. Don't nick my phrase, you fucking halfwit. I know what I can, I can use it as a hanky. And with that, with that, Mike Cowens uh, blew his nose on the cravat and threw it in the rubbish bin on top of the wife's old leg bandages, like. Oh, you're so funny, Mike. I get so little laughter in this house. You're like a fucking tonic bomb. Uh, and then the wife holds up the mistletoe again and Mike goes in for another munch. Where's my present, Santa, no fucking banner? You had better have not forgotten. You know, he's fucking useless at presents. Last year he bought me a fucking puffer puffer fucking waistcoat. Like he thinks I'm going out shooting fucking grouse or something. Uh, your present is upstairs, love. I was going to give it to you tomorrow. 
Well, go and fucking get it now. Let's have a good fucking laugh. Go on, you fucking clown and creepy batter. So I went upstairs to the spare room to fetch the presents from under the bed. And when I stood up, Karen was behind me in the room, holding a sprig of mistletoe above her head. So I, I, I got to be honest, Bob, I went for it. And we had a good old <laughs> lovely licky, licky, squidgy kiss, like, you know, best kiss I've had in years, you know, mainly because of the wife's dental issues, like. So I went back downstairs and the wife is pouring nog down Mike Cowan's throat. That's it, Mike. Get that eggy nectar down your neck. I must say, you're a very fucking handsome man. And as I enter the room, she looks at me and I immediately know I'm in deep shit. (laughs) What is that lipstick doing on your face, you little midnight spook? You've been forcing yourself on my cannon, you dirty fucking lech. How fucking dare you? Um, but love it, just a little Christmas mistletoe kiss, you know, like you uh, were having with Mike Cowens. Peter's right. It was me who asked for it. You should get off his back. Get off his back. I'll fucking calf pervert on his back with me leg scraper. And how fucking dare you lead on the simpleton. Go on, get out of my fucking house and don't show your face round here again. So Karen and Mike Cowan's left, which leaves me alone with the wife and, you know, she's got a cob on, like. Look, uh No, uh I'm <laughs> sorry, love, but I promise it was Karen who followed me upstairs. I didn't instigate nothing, you know. I only have eyes for you. Fuck off, whimpering like a baby puppet. <laughs> Hand me over my fucking present. Uh, I give her my present. It's a 12-pot egg poacher, as used by, Pre- by Raymond Bronk. <laughs> Sit down next to me, Peter. Yeah, I don't mind trouble, love, dear. You're not really... Fucking sit down! So I do like... I fucking love it. You're a good lad, Peter. Here, give us a kiss. Oh, he had a nice kiss, like, you know. Uh, do I kiss as good as Mike Cowan's love? Way fucking better. He's got a mouth like a trumpet player's fucking anus. <laughs> Merry Christmas, love. Merry Christmas, Peter. So, like I said, we'll just be the two of us this Christmas. And you know what, to be honest, that's how I like it. So, there you go. Oh, I've got a few festive jokes, Bob, for you, you know, from the old joke book. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) This will uh, be the fifth year in a row that my in-laws will come over for Christmas. I think it's time that we should let them in. (laughs) I know, Bob, it is fucking bad. In fact, they're so bad, I won't ruin your Christmas with them. So, I'll see you, Bob. One Peter Beardsley. The only one Peter Beardsley. See you, Bob. I've had a massive, 
massive email from um, Peter. When you say massive, it's really long, right? Because I mean, this, the soundtrack is thirteen minutes long. Do you think it'll go beyond that? No, I hope not. Shall I crack on with it? <laughs> go. All right, Bob. I'm speaking to you today from my hotel room just off the A1 somewhere near Bishop Auckland. Uh, quite a nice room, really. It's got carpet with swirly, also swirly patterns on, turquoise and sort of peach-coloured. And if I stare at it long enough, I can imagine it is a shoal of tropical fish swimming and playing in the Adriatic Ocean. The only problem with it is that it is given of a very strong smell of biscuits. And dog dead. It also has a TV with seven channels plus some foreign channels that I won't be watching. Like, you know. I expect I'll probably get into trouble for not watching them in preference to good old ITV. Waste paper basket is unusual. It's made, made of a very light metal, maybe tin. I am not much cop when it comes to metal categorisation, like, but and it has an image of a horse and carriage on it. It made me think of the day of my marriage to my darling wife, because we hired a horse and a carriage to drive us from the church. Uh, to be honest, the day was a bit of a disaster, really. I should have known it might go wrong when we went to see the vicar a couple of weeks before the wedding. He started off asking us, you know, if we had any questions and worries, you know, that sort of thing, like. And so the wife was straight on it. Yes, vicar. I will want the altar decorated with hen's eggs and I will be carrying a bouquet of boilers. I trust that is all okay with you. Uh, the tradition we adhere uh, to is to have flowers um, adorning the altar. Well, that won't be the case with me as I have an allergy to flowers. They make my ass fork an itch, so no thank you. <laughs> well, the main thing I need to ask you is uh, if you are sure that you love each other and are ready to commit to each other for the rest of your lives. Uh, 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 yes, he does. <laughs> and yes, he fucking is. Now, I won't be promising to obey Doyle Boy during the question and answer bit, so you need to take that one off your fucking card. Well, that's fine and not unusual these days. Now, have either of you been married before? Uh, no, no chance. My darling fiance is my first and my only love. And what about you, Miss Chapman? Yes, twice. But both turned out to be bottled fats. <laughs> One of them couldn't even poach an egg without making the white part all stringy. To be honest with you, Vicar, he was a right dozy four and a half wit. Have you thought about which hymns you might want for the ceremony? Er. Uh, I like that one by the Beatles, you know, eh, Jude? Don't be daft, Peter. That's not a hymn. No, we shall have Angels by Robbie Williams and the Dirty Fortin Dancing Song. 
Now, may I just alert you to the fact that my church does not allow any overt displays of flesh when it comes to the wedding dress. What are you saying, Vicky? You mean I can't have me fronties hanging loose? Peter, tell him how important it is to me to have me fronties, me fronties dancing down the aisle. Uh, you know, it is a, a very crucial detail, Vicky. Could you not bend the rules for a say on this occasion? No, no, I'm afraid it's a strictly enforced rule. Right, come on, Peter. Let's knock this joker on the head. <laughs> I want me vow spoken in the presence of me fronties. This clown can stick himself up a horse's fork and ash, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, that was that, and we booked a hotel venue for the wedding. The morning of the ceremony, we had separate rooms in the hotel. I had arranged with the hotel to... Got me wife a wedding breakfast tower, which consists of a circle of alternate fried and poaches around the rim of the plate. A horseshoe-shaped six-egg omelette in the centre, with runny scrambled in the curve of the horseshoe, then an omelette hat on top, all kept hot on the way up to the room by covering it with a pair of the wife's blue satin knickers. <laughs> So I took it up to the room and I knocked on the door. Who the fuck is knocking on my door on my big fucking day? Well, you know, for a laugh like, I'd put on a voice. It's a room service for you, madam. All right, we'll come in and fucking hurry up about it. So I walked uh, in with the wedding breakfast tower and I immediately knew I had fucked Right. <laughs> you dozy fucking midnight creeper. Don't you realise it's bad luck to see the bride's dress before the wedding? Well, I looked down at the floor and stared at the little metal flap, you know, that protects the electricity socket. It was nice and shiny, shiny, you know, like a little robot I used to uh, play with as a child, you know. I keep it in the spare room these days, eh? has been a very good friend. Keep your beady little eyes on the floor and back out of here like you're presenting your saggy ass for surgery. Now go on, fuck off! I did as I done and I stayed in my room until the ceremony. At the ceremony, I was stood at the front of the... I was stood at the front of... Fucking hell, it's long, isn't it? <laughs> I was still at the front of the aisle waiting for my love to arrive. She had chosen when you're in love with a beautiful woman as her entry song. As soon as it struck up, I turned to see her dancing down the aisle, dragging her poorly granddad behind her. Her fronties were bouncing round like a couple of maras in the back of a van. It, it was quite a sight, you know, and I will tell you that for now. <laughs> Anyway, I did the bit where I promised to a beer and supply her with hen's eggs on demand. And then we got outside the hotel and she threw a bouquet of boilers for the lasses to catch. Sadly, like, you know, with her extreme muscle density, the bouquet went very, very high and very wayward and landed on her granddad's head. Uh, it took him out of the game for a fortnight, like. 
then she got in the carriage of the horse carriage and just as I stepped in to get beside her, she said, Fuck off, you clown. You can ride on the back of the horse. This is my fucking day. Uh, but love uh, meant to ride together, side by side, you know, uh, for better or for worse. Fuck that. You also promised to fucking obey me, so get fucking to it. What's the fucking horse called? <coughs> Poachy, I thought you would like that. Yes, I do. It's a nice touch, Peter. Peter. I shall enjoy watching your bent legs bobbing up and down on Poachy. Now fucking get to it. Oh, there, there you go. That's what the... Where's paper basket has made me remember. <laughs> I think I'll stop staring at it now. Dog dirt. One Peter Beasley, the only one Peter Beasley. Uh, I'll see you, Bob. So, Peter's we wedding day, that was a nice bit of insight. Hey, only nine minutes, it wasn't that long. 
Would you like me to open the window? Ah, and let the fucking foreign German. No chance. I know what you are public fucking health expert all of a sudden. Uh, no, no, sorry, love. Uh, so, what was it that I could get for you? Nothing. Just sit down. I want a fucking word with you. Have uh, I, I done something wrong, love? Just fucking sit down, you graveyard creeper. Uh, okay, love. Peter, we need to consider the possibility of one of us kicking the bucket because of this fucking jam. <laughs> Uh, I don't even like to think about anything happening to you, me darling. Uh, shall I just fetch you a nice big tower of scrambled? Just fucking listen, will you? I've asked Wilf Vickers, the solicitor, to pop round so we can both make our fucking wills. That will be him now. Go and answer the door, you lazy prick. Uh, uh, ooh. Uh, come in, Mr. Uh, Vickers. Uh, that's right, uh, come through uh, the front room where you'll find my wife. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilf Vickers. Thank you so much for coming. Would you like a cup of tea and a nice eggy fucking biscuit? Ah, uh, no, no, thank you. Hey, the air in here is rather thick and heavy. Do you mind if I open a window? What an excellent idea, Wilf Vickers. Open the window, Peter, you slack fucker. Uh, um, your uh, your blouse appears to have popped open, Mrs. Beardsley. Maybe you could fix that. Oh, I didn't realise. How fucking embarrassing is that? Please accept my sincerely fucking apologies. Right, so, have you discussed who you'd like to leave your estate to? Uh, no, ooh, no, no. Yes, we fucking have. If Peter dies first, then everything he owns goes to me. If I die first, then everything of mine goes to that body lad with the beard of SAS who dares wins on Channel 4 and 4. Hank Middleton in his name, but you'd better check that. Give it a quick, quick fucking fact check. So, so Peter would get nothing? Uh, he can live in the house till he pops it and have a small weekly allowance. You know, a hundred quid or more should more than fucking cover it. <laughs> Oh, thanks, love. That's very thoughtful, like. You're fucking welcome, Peter. Right, so what happens to the house on Peter's death? I would like it to be sold, like, and the proceeds used to build a big fuck-off sculpture outside the Newcastle United ground. Oh, oh love, what, a uh, sculpture of me? No, a big fucking chicken egg with my head sticking out the top. Uh, uh, right, it sounds very nice, love. Well, uh, I'll seems simple enough. Uh, I'll get the wills drawn up and send them to you for your signature. Oh, your, uh, your button has popped you open again there, Mrs. Beardsley. Oh, my fucking bad, Wilf. I'm afraid my fronties are a bit swollen due to worrying about the foreign fucking jam. Mm, right, I'll, uh, I'll let myself out, I think, then. Uh, cheerio! Uh, well, that's all nice and sorted and proper, isn't it, love? Thank you very much for that. Uh, would you like me to, uh, you know, grow a beard like Hank Middleton? No, I wouldn't. You'd look even more like a fucking hobbit. Now fuck off out the room. I'm watching Border Force New Zealand and it's a fucking beauty. Uh, OK, love. I'll go and check. My monitor's for cars.
uh, Red, maybe Acid from Bingo, could be a Pergo, Pergo Rascal. Small BMW, uh, diesel, maybe a three series. Oh, a nice big white transit, uh, probably pest control or the drain stopped. Uh, uh, see you, Bob. I'm going to concentrate on this. See you, Bob. So that was nice of Peter to send that in, wasn't it? <laughs> So he's isolating with his wife. And he's managed to put some sound effects on there as well. Yeah, he's done good, good didn't he? Uh, Peter Beardsley has sent me his isolation oh sort of blogs okay. or whatever. Um, a little yeah. bit of a warning. It's long. Right. He's, he's obviously had a shit. <laughs> he's had a lot of time on his hands. So right, I well. might split it up. All right, Bob. Uh, I uh, just thought I'd get in touch and tell you how my uh, isolation is, is going like, you know. Maybe pass on a, a few tips about coping with it, like, you know, because obviously I've had a lot of experience having been on my own for a good while due to the trouble with their foreign lads, like. I think uh, the number one most important thing is to learn to enjoy having a good old stare about that thing, you know. A good place to start is to uh, stare at uh, the contents of a drawer. For example, your cutlery drawer, and then try and mesmerise its contents, right? Then uh, shut your eyes nice and tightly, you know, like Harry Redknapp's wallet. <laughs> uh, try to re- remember the exact position and number of the individual pieces. After you have uh, done this for a while, you will soon learn that the real pleasure is in the actual staring and not the remembering. You know, uh, Bob, life is not a competition with other people or even yourselves. You've got to live in the moment. If you don't, you can literally drive yourself mad. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, good beginner stairs are undoubtedly the wall, uh, the banister from above and below, uh, close up stair at an area of grass. E.g. the verge or adjacent to a footpath. Uh, watch out though, if you're a beginner, because trees are a bit tricky. Too much going on and too many uh, comings and goings, you know. <laughs> the contents of your fridge are good as long as it hasn't got one of those, like, beep, beep, beep alarms on it, like, you know. <laughs> anyway... Uh, a couple of days in uh, lockdown, I was upstairs in the spare room having a good old stare at my bare ass in the mirror when the wife shouted up, Peter, get down here now, you spooky fucking clown, and take my egg order. Uh, oh, yeah, just got me, love. So I uh, got to the, her TV room like, 
Hello, darling. I'll love it to see you. And um, what eggs is it that you require? Don't fucking darling me, you little fucking graveyard creeper. I require the soft boiler and poochie combo with a fucking pancake on top. Get to it. Okay, love. Your wish is my command. So I, I went to the kitchen and I opened the fridge door. Oh, Bob, man, it was a terrible, terrible sight. There was only one egg left. I rushed to the pantry and checked all the shopping bags. No eggs. And then I, I looked at the receipt from the Tesco block that delivered the shopping the night before. And it said, the following items have been substituted. You ordered ten dozen eggs. We have substituted with the following. 120 15 lumens LCD light bulbs. <laughs> oh shit, I thought, shit man, this is going to uh, mean a major war with the wife for sure. I went back in her uh, room, uh, looked love and I'm so terribly, terribly sorry to have to report that we only have one egg left. Unfortunately, uh, last night's delivery substituted eggs for light bulbs. You fucking what? You fucking what? Why did you not take it up at point of delivery, you idle, useless fucking spoon? Uh, sorry, love, look, there's no need to panic. I'll drive to the supermarket right now and get the eggs. You're not allowed <laughs> out, you dozy fucking bollock. And if they didn't have any to deliver, then I doubt they will have any in the shop. Fuck and think about it, Forrest. Fucking lump. Here, pass me my phone. I'll ring up the corner shop. So, uh, she rang up the corner shop, like. Oh, hello there, Mr. Thompson. This is Mrs. Beardsley here. I wonder if you could fucking help me. You see, my dozy husband forgot to check the shopping list last night and didn't realise we've been left short on the fucking egg front. Yes, he is a right dozy prick. I thoroughly fucking agree. So I just wondered if you have any eggs in stock. Oh, that's great. I'll send him round now on his kiddie's fucking bike. <laughs> He's got about ten dozen left, so you get there round there now pronto, you slack fucking wanker. <laughs> oh, okay, love, I will do. And do, you want me to go on the little kid's bicycle, yeah? Yes, I do. Then if you get stopped, you can say it's fucking exercise. All uh, right, uh, oh, okay, well, I'm just saying, like, uh, and I don't mean anything by it, but um, I think I'd be okay in the car here uh, because I reckon eggs are essential food purchase, you know. Peter, you sad, sad, empty fucking ball bag. Of course they are essential to me, but a lot of people would consider them a luxury and I'm not taking the chance of my fucking hen jewellery being confiscated. <laughs> so I got on the little bike and I went down to Mr Thompson's shop. Um, and I think I'll take a break from it there, Andrew. Uh, leave, oh. leave Peter on his way at the shop and we'll see what happens a little bit later, yeah? Oh, can we have the rest of it in this episode, though? Because I'm yeah, really yeah, definitely. No worries. It's All just right. it's so fucking long, you know. 
so um, I uh, I got on a little bike and went down to Mr. Thompson's shop. When I uh, got there, I saw something quite beautiful in the hot food cabinet. It was a thick, thick, lumpy, lumpy chicken wrap. The lovely, lumpy chicken was spilling out of the end of the wrap and my mouth began to water like a St. Bernard in a sauna. You look like, uh, like you like the look of that chicken wrap, uh, Peter. Oh, Mr. Thompson, yeah, very much fucking do. It's like watching a living still from the greatest movie ever made, Rambo First Blood Pathway. <laughs> yeah, and have it if you want, Peter. No one's coming in buying from the hot cabinet. It'll just get lobbed in the bin lake. Oh, thank you, Mr. Thompson. I would love that. Don't uh, you mind if I eat it on the wall outside so I can have a, a stare at the Alsatian on the flat roof opposite? Ah, yeah, that's fine. So I took the chicken right outside and took a really big bite from the blunt end. Just as my teeth were sinking into a particularly lumpy chicken lump, Mrs. Pearson, one of our neighbours, like, walked into the shop. Hello, Mrs. Pearson. Hello, Peter. Looks like a nice wrap. Oh, it is, Mrs. Pearson. It's an absolute fucking beaut. <laughs> well, I finished the wrap and went back into the shop. Uh, but to my horror, there was now only one box of eggs left. Mr. Thompson, where, uh, oh, where all the, where's all the eggs gone? Oh, Mr. Mrs. Pearson bought them all. She's going to cook a massive omelette and give it out to the homeless lake. Oh, my God, no. I'll be homeless if I go back without any eggs. Well, I kept a box back for you, Peter. Your wife said on the phone she needed eggs, like. Yeah, that's kind of you, Tomo, but the wife needs a couple of boxes a day. <laughs> I, I mean, the very, very deepest of all the deep shit pits. Sorry about that, Peter. You should have said when you first came in, like. So I cycled as fast as I could hoping to catch up with Mrs. Pearson, but she was nowhere to be seen. This was very bad, very bad indeed, you know. I, I don't mind telling you, Bob, that I was in fear for my life, or at very least being lapped in the head so hard that I ended up straddling the toll bridge on the seafront in Beirut. <laughs> so I quietly go back into the house. I can hear you creeping about. Get near with my eggs, you fucking bought a shite. Uh, uh, I'll just go wash my hands off, you know, because of the foreign germ, like. Never mind that muck. Get near with my eggs. So I went in the room with the one box of eggs I had bought. Is that it? One fucking box? He said he had about ten dozen. Uh, uh, no, love, this was all that he had. I sense fucking shenanigans here. I bet you fannied about staring at shit or went off and had a sneaky fucking chicken wrap or worse still spent all the money on chuddy. No, no, I <laughs> promise I went straight to the shop but it was all that they had. 
right. Well, let's give Mr. Thompson a ring, shall we? Well, as she dialed the number, she stared straight at me with fury in her eyes. My uh, skin began to freeze and my one good knacker ran up inside me and started to vibrate. Uh, hello, Mr. Thompson. It's Carol Hook and Beardsley here again. I just wanted to inquire why my husband has only returned with one box of eggs when you informed me you had about ten dozen of fuckers. <coughs> oh, right. Oh, did he now? A chicken wrap, you say? Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Thompson. You've been very, very fucking helpful. The uh, wife rolled up her cardigan sleeves and walked towards me. I shut my eyes, expecting the worst, like, and then I hear... You're a good lad, Peter. I was wrong to doubt you. Mr Thompson says a lady came in just before you got there and cleared him out of eggs. Said you were so upset that he had to give you a free chicken wrap to calm down. He's getting a fresh delivery tomorrow and he's going to set aside ten dozen for us. You tried your best, son. Would you like me to press me fronties onto your chest? Uh, yeah, yes, please, love. <laughs> oh, Bob, I was so relieved then. God bless Mr. Thompson, you know, one of this country's amazing army of small local shopkeepers. Anyway, that was a close uh, shave, so just, just before I go, Bob, I got a couple of jokes from me old joke, but you know, uh, try and cheer you up and that. What's uh, the difference between a filthy bus depot and a lobster with breast implants? <laughs> One is a crusty bus station and the other is a busty crust station. <laughs> I wanted to spend more time with my son, like, so last weekend I decided, you know, to wash the car with him. After five minutes now, the cheeky bugger asked if we could use a sponge instead. <laughs> uh, my optician, my optician just told me that I am colourblind. Well, I don't mind telling you, Bob, that's come completely out of the green. <laughs> See you, Bob. One Peter Beasley. There's only oh one Peter Beasley, one Peter Beasley. <laughs> oh, well, that was a nice... I'm glad it ended up nice for him. Oh, you, know, Andy? It did, it did. He got that front, he's pressed on his chest, and, you know, what more can we ask for in these times? Yeah. <gasps> so... That about it, then? That's about it. Um... Secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.